Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for insightful analysis and enlightening discussions. Hello, I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. Thanks for being with us today. Well, we have a real treat for you. We have Dr. David Lynn joining us on Skype, and we're going to talk about his latest book. He's written, I think, four or five books. This book's called The Advisor's Guide to Commercial Real Estate Investments. And uh, I've read this book. I recommend it. It's a great book. And we'll get some highlights from David about this book. David, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you, Michael. It's good to be here. Well, we appreciate it. And to get us started, David, who will get the most from this book? Well, I'm hoping advisors, wealth wealth advisors in this country, that, that number in the hundreds of thousands who control trillions of dollars of wealth and uh, most of whom don't have very much in the way of alternatives or real estate in their portfolios. Right, and, and real estate seems like a lot of wealth advisors are kind of looking at the stock market and things. So, you know, why real estate? Why is real estate important to an investor's portfolio? You know, it, it's been a very well-performing asset class uh, over the long term. In fact, it's been the best performing asset class in uh, the last 15 and 20 year periods. Uh, it also produces the highest income with the lowest volatility and lowest correlations of any major asset class. So it has a lot of benefits um, and it's been frankly underappreciated over the years and, and the perception has been it's hard to access, it's hard to understand. So one of the, the main purposes of this book was to, to increase that understanding, to, to increase the education, the information, to make it easier uh, to access and, and for advisors to to learn and, and to convey that to to their clients. Well, you've done a good job with that, and uh, you know one of the things I've always seen. It seems like the the rich people I know, uh, at least, uh, all have some um, real estate. Of course, some of them are very heavy, but but even folks who aren't in real estate at all uh, should have some amount of real estate in their portfolio. And then uh, and then what about these hedge funds and pension funds? What what do they allocate for real estate, and what's the trend there? Oh, good, good questions, Michael. You're, you're right. I mean, traditionally, real estate has been a, uh, been seen as a, a, a major vehicle for wealth creation uh, uh, for a lot of people. And um, uh, you know, uh, there are a lot of lot of stories about how people became rich and, and retained their wealth with real estate. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a very hot asset class right now. It's 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 a perennial favorite, but it's very hot right now in terms of uh, money that's considered to be pretty smart, like hedge funds. Uh, private equity funds, um, but uh, pension funds have long had real estate as a major part of the portfolio, and um, endowments are a good example of what's considered generally considered to be you know smarter money. Uh, have always had a lot, uh, a lot more of their investments in, in uh, not only alternatives but in real estate. Um, so it, it's where uh, a lot of professional investors have been for a long period of time. And um, now advisors are, are, are you know, recognizing that and wanting to do more um, in both public real estate, which are securities, as well as private real estate. Um, but, uh, but allocations have been unusually low for, for many advisors. And tell us about uh, advisors in general. So you have fee advisors and, and, and non-fee advisors. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, the world generally um, is broken up uh, into commission-based and and then fee advisors. Um, and uh, the difference is that commission-based um, advisors uh, uh, typically receive some sort of fee uh, for putting the product on their platform. A, a fee-based uh, typically does not. Uh, but uh, you know, both 
serve a purpose and, and uh, you know, uh, they're both uh, you know, probably around 50-50 in terms of the market share. So, um, Okay. And what uh, should these advisors and investors uh, think about uh, real estate and inflation and the impact that inflation has on real estate versus the, the impact that inflation has on their other investments? Right. I mean, you know, we've been in a, a very low inflationary environment for quite some time. And so it hasn't been top of mind for a lot of people, but uh, that could change. And um, in inflationary environments, usually hard asset classes like real estate do better um, than, say, you know, cash uh, or, or things that lose their value very quickly. Usually real estate appreciates at the rate of inflation or even higher. And that goes for the underlying uh, property, also the rents are usually inflated too. So you pass that inflation along to your tenants. Uh, so it's been a very good inflationary hedge over the years. Right. And you talk about the inflation uh, figures uh, haven't been that high. But but if you look at real estate, you know, because of a, a lack of new supply, you know, we're really seeing rate increases and occupancy increases on most commercial real estate classes and most ge- geographies across the country, aren't we? Yeah, we, we really are. It's been a, a very low supply situation for many, many years, um, you know, even over the past decade. So, um, you know, we just didn't, uh, this time around, uh, did not uh, feel the flames of, uh, you know, easy money and, and, and just reckless building. So, um, it's uh, at, at really, supplies at historically low levels, and it'll take years to get back to just a normal level, let alone an oversupply. So, we've got, you know, lots of good tailwinds. Uh, that are that are uh, leading to, as you say, uh, higher occupancies, higher rent, higher rent growth, certainly above inflation, higher appreciation, capital appreciation has been well above um, the rate of inflation, <clears throat> which is roughly you know 1.8 right now. Uh, for commercial property in good areas, it's been um, you know four to six percent per annum for for many years. Okay, and you mentioned that uh, hedge funds and pension funds are tending to increase their allocation of real estate. We talked about kind of the lack of new supply and what that's doing performance overall of commercial real estate. So, how do you feel about commercial real estate and and the relative values of real uh, commercial real estate over the next few years, at least? Well, there's a danger of asking a hammer how he feels about nails here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. Um, you know, there are always caveats, but I'll tell you that um, you know it's a well-performing asset class. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to just to touch on a few things I've, I've mentioned uh, before, but it's been uh, the highest returning asset class over a long period, the highest income, lowest volatility, lowest correlations. Um, you combine that with um, the fact that there's very little supply, so you know it, it is about supply and demand. We'll, we'll continue to see very good appreciation. The main problem I see, potential problem, is not really the fundamentals of real estate because they're good. The economy has been chugging along. Um, you know, we're we're occupying more buildings. Uh, firms are, are more confident. <clears throat> they're taking more space. They're paying more rents. Um, it's it's really about the popularity of it, and so there's uh, been a lot of capital, particularly in large global gateway markets and these are places like New York and San Francisco and and uh, Miami and Houston and Boston um, there's been a lot of capital not only from domestic investors but from international investors so that that's pushed down the, the, the initial rate of return called the cap rate capitalization rate and uh, into uh, an area where it, it hasn't been seen before so almost record low cap well, it, in some places record low cap rates 
um, in the more popular markets. But it's, the U.S. is a very large market, so um, that's not true everywhere. And, and uh, so there's still a lot of good uh, buys to make. Uh, the the spread, the, the, the difference between that initial return and the cost of capital, uh, cost of debt capital is still very good, uh, very wide in a lot of markets. So, but um, you know, the economy <clears throat> is something that, that no one really can foresee. We could go into another recession, but we're in pretty good shape because um, occupancy, again, occupancy is very good. Uh, firms have been very conservative about, about how they've taken space. Um, and, and, and people in general have uh, as well. It's been a very conservative ramp up and, um, and, and, and leverage ratios are not crazy either. Uh, they, they've not gotten out of hand. So underwriting has been pretty good. Leverages, leverage ratios have been pretty conservative for the most part. And um, so if there is a recession, or I should say when there, there is a recession, I, I don't see us um, you know, going into a lot of distress and, and, and I don't see commercial real estate suffering as much uh, as it did in the last uh, go around where, where things were over levered, where there were uh, some poorly over, uh, you know, poor, poor underwriting. Um, and, um, you know, we, we had a mortgage crisis too in, in CBS and RMBS and, and we don't have that now. Yeah, and I think that's uh, one of the reasons that commercial real estate is a good investment, especially if you look at our current timing, right? Because we came out of a recession that really hurt commercial real estate. Uh, now we're on a rebound. You talked about, you know, the positive leverage, the cost of the debt in some cases uh, is less than return if you're paying cash uh, for the property. So, but maybe when you get in some of these uh, gateway markets and you're getting these cap rates down to, to three or or whatever, maybe you're not having that. But but, uh, you know, the other thing that you've mentioned here is the timing of the cycles and recessions. And we're going to take a short break. When we get back, I want to ask you some more about the timing because, you know, it seems like I've had investors that I'll call when times are really good. And they'll say, Michael, appreciate you calling me. But, uh, you know, I only buy it during a recession or recovery phase. So, so get back and touch me at a different time in the, in the cycle. And so we'll talk about it when we get back with Dr. David Lynn. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. We're talking with Dr. David Lynn about his book, his latest book, The Advisor's Guide to Commercial Real Estate Investment. And if you're listening to the show, one of the 40 radio stations or one of the podcast channels, we're going to have some of the graphs on some of this information we're talking about at the show website, CREshow.com. Of course, if you're watching it on YouTube, you're seeing them yourself. And before the break, David, we talked about the cycles, right? You know, you have the recession, usually have recovery and expansion and contraction. Um, and what should advisors consider about real estate investing related to these cycles? Well, um, you know, the fact that they exist is, is very important. Some people try to deny that they will occur, but they certainly occur in real estate. Um, don't overpay. I mean, you know, at, when we're uh, building up to a, a cycle, uh, when there's a lot of exuberance, irrational exuberance and a lot of money being thrown around, uh, you, you know, the, the, the tendency is uh, to, to rationalize and to say, well, it's a high price, it's a record high price, but gee, everyone else is doing it and I can probably make money. 
don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, look at historical pricing, look at replacement cost, and um, you know, do a very careful analysis of the cash flow and, and without projecting. Uh, um, you know, into the future based upon wishes that you hope will happen, but uh, make sure it's all realistic. Um, and also, I think it's important to look at cycles as opportunities. Right. You know, down cycles are are the best times to buy properties. So, you know, it's it's you know well known. A lot of value investors, Warren Buffett uh, among among many, who say, well, you know, when everyone else is running for the exits, you know, I'm watching a good movie. You know, and and um, you know, if you keep ahead and you do uh, proper buying, and you're looking for the long term, um, you can make uh, great money buying at the bottom in in real estate. Yeah, that's um, but, that that's a yeah. very good point. You know, my non real estate friends, uh, I tell them if if you're at a party and everyone's talking about how much real estate they're buying, you should be selling. Right? And then, and if everyone in, at the party is talking about how bad the real estate market is, you should probably be buying, right? You really should be. I mean, yeah. real estate again is a long-term asset class. <clears throat> They're not making. Uh, it's hard to make uh, supply, you know, overnight. So, um, you know, and uh, if you're buying in, in good areas, good property, good cash flow, good tenants, um, you know, over the long run, you should do very well. And and you know, we've we've been talking about private real estate, but the same is true for public real estate. So REITs, <clears throat> you know, what their value is based upon the underlying fundamentals. Of real property, so you know there's even more fluctuation with respect to um, you know stock price and, and emotional uh, swings and, and that sort of thing. So you can get some real values in REITs uh, in the down part of the cycle. REITs were down last time at the bottom of the last recession, the Great Recession, some seventy percent. So they were seventy percent off their pricing. So if you bought at that that big uh, very low point, you could have made a huge a huge killing in REITs and um, and a lot of people did. So, so REITs have been a, a very well-performing asset class uh, over the last few years. Yeah, that's a very good point. And, and when you talk about cycles, too, and, and you look at we're probably in a uh, recovery cycle in some parts or some, some buildings, some property types and areas, but we're in expansion phase in others. So uh, where you might be looking at apartments in the major markets, obviously we're in a big expansion, but you might be in a smaller market or a different pr- property sector. You might still be in a recovery section, right? Well, certainly, that, Michael. That's a great, very great point. That that real estate is not monolithic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people think of the stock market. You know, there's a national stock market. There's a national bond market. Real estate is very uh, location specific and and very idiosyncratic, with a lot of different. You know, res- with respect to a lot of different factors of the building type, the locale, um, you know, the city, but even the submarket <clears throat> determine a lot of how the the investment behaves. So yeah, you, you could have. You know, a, a horrible market, but a great um, location, great city, great submarket, and, and great building. And so that's the beauty of real estate. You can find, you know, where you want to play, and and you can you can find a, a great performing property um, in a bad market. And and uh, you know, conversely too, in, when everything's up and up, you can still do badly in real estate if you don't do the things we just covered. Um, you know, consider those things. Um, but uh, but it, but it's a it's a very diverse and huge market in the U.S. that we have. We're very fortunate to, to be able to pick uh, various types of markets, various types of drivers of those markets. Uh, tenant quality is another another factor that determines a lot of value. And then the building, the quality of the building, the type of the building, the, the age of the building, 
and those those are really idiosyncratic factors. And if you do your homework, you can you can do much better than the average. Yeah, another thing that I, I like about real estate too is uh, you're not as uh, impacted by the overall market as you might be impacted by the operator, right? By the management, by the asset management. So you know, paying attention to who the sponsor is. If, if you're doing group investing, uh, that's uh, real important to look at the sponsor, their track record, and uh, and how they're handling the property, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's there's a good section, good chapter in the book called Choosing the Advisor, and it goes through everything that an, uh, a wealth advisor should go through in choosing a real estate advisor, and it's a pretty comprehensive uh, due diligence checklist, And um, but, but yeah, you could have a great property in a great market, but a terrible operator, terrible manager, and um, so you really have to be very careful uh, about their capability, their track record, their personnel, their systems, uh, all that is very important. So I recommend uh, uh, taking a look at that. If, if you are going to do direct investing, uh, you'd be very careful with uh, who's actually you know managing that property, who's investing that property. Yeah. Uh, and 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 just um, <clears throat> make sure that they answer all the questions to your satisfaction, and make sure that they're very transparent and open. If they're not, then I think that raises red flags. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, that's one of the things that I've always enjoyed uh, doing as a broker when I'm helping them. A, a group investment uh, firm fund or, or an individual going to individual properties is finding properties that it can be managed differently, can, you can be operated better, and seeing opportunities. You know, and one of the things that you've mentioned earlier is, um, is diversification. So that is really one of the benefits of commercial real estate. So even inside of commercial real estate, right, you have all the different uh, geographic areas and property types. And I know as CEO of your new fund, Everest High Income Property, uh, is a diversification something you guys are looking at there? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, diversification is uh, is the free lunch where you can get um, higher returns for lower risk, which sounds hard to believe, but that is the way to do it. Um, it's, it's been proven uh, by many people. Um, uh, there was a Nobel laureate. Um, what's his name? I'm kind of drawing a blank. What's his name? <laughs> we can get, we can add this later. <laughs> Who's the guy? Markowitz. Okay. Harry Markowitz proved in the uh, 1950s uh, that you can achieve, you know, better returns and and, and lower risk, lower uh, volatility with diversification. So, um, you know, real estate, you, you have the advantage of doing that uh, by geography, by market, by property type. Um, and we say property type, we mean um, office, industrial, retail, multifamily, um, and other and, and hotel, and then other niche property types. So. You've got a big range of, of levers that you can use for diversification, and um, you can also diversify by by uh, lease type, um, net lease or or otherwise, or lease duration or credit quality of, of your tenants, and so um, that's what we try to do at Everest High Income Property, and it's just good practice. Um, you can't, you should not put all of your eggs in one basket. Um, because you never know what will happen to that basket, and, and some people will say, "Well, just just you know, pick a great basket." But um, I've seen regions behave radically different economically. I, the Bay Area, where I I happen to be right now, is a great. And I want to and I want to hear some more about this. We're going to look at risk. We're going to look at different ways to invest. We'll be right back. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Florida International University. With FIU's Fast Track system, you can earn your master's in real estate in just 10 months without interrupting your career. Visit FIUonline.com to learn more. 
That's FIUonline.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're talking with David Lynn. He is CEO of Everest High Income Properties. He's also the author of this book, The Advisor's Guide to Commercial Real Estate Investment. And if you're watching on YouTube, you see that I'm doing the Vanna White thing here, <laughs> showing off the book. And uh, David, uh, the Fed is telling us that interest rates are going to rise, and maybe they're going to rise slowly. What should advisors and investors think about related to commercial real estate investing and the impact of rising interest rates? Well, you know, um, they've been incredibly low for an incredibly long time, longer than anyone, any one of us ever thought. So uh, we've been very fortunate. Um, I, it doesn't appear that they'll rise dramatically. You know, it'll be gradual. Um, you know, it'll it'll still be very beneficial for for real estate, quite frankly. So, um, it, it will reduce the spread. You know, the margin uh, cap rates might rise a bit in response to that, but um, I don't think it'll it'll lead to a massive uh, devaluation of real of real estate at all because I just don't see the the Fed uh, being uh, going crazy with with rising interest. There's no real need to raise rates. Um, you know, usually the impetus is, is because of inflation, and we don't have a problem with inflation at all. We might, might have a problem with deflation. So there really isn't a dramatic prob, you know, problem either way with, I mean, having said that, it's just a very benign environment. And I, um, so rates will rise, but it won't uh, you know, certainly kill the enthusiasm for real estate, and the returns will still be relatively you know, very attractive compared to other asset classes. Right. Then with the interest rates, even if they rise a, a couple uh, full percentage points, they'll still be historically just extremely low and good for real estate. And, you know, also uh, one might argue that if uh, rates go up a little bit, that people feel like we're in a nor- more normal environment and maybe be willing to, to expand and invest and, and do the things that will help the economy, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, rising rates indicate a better, healthier economy, which is which is good for all of us and good for real estate. It, it means that corporates, firms, people will be taking more space, they'll be buying more, they'll be, you know, using, renting apartments more, they'll, they'll be, you know, just doing more economic activity, which will be beneficial for real estate. Yeah, and I think when we, if we look back from five years from now, let's say, and we look back at today, I think we also may... Uh, <laughs> wish we had locked in some long-term rates and, and bought some commercial real estate. You know, one of the things I think that investors and, and advisors are concerned about in commercial real estate is risk, right? So what should these advisors consider related to risk in commercial real estate? Well, you, you touched on one of the, you know, interest rates. So try to lock in long-term uh, rates on, on debt, um, you know, now because the rates are very attractive and uh, you're locking in profits, basically, if you can do that. Um, be very careful with your underwriting and be very conservative about uh, how you look at investments, how you look at cash flows. Be very careful with projections um, and uh, evaluate the property, the tenant quality, and uh, you know the sponsor is very important. So the person uh, or company investing for you, managing the property, you know, go through that checklist um, and um, you know don't overpay. Mm-hmm. It's probably the big, biggest risk in any any part of the market. You know, there, there's a, a tendency for people to get wrapped up in, in the thinking that, of crowds. Sometimes mm-hmm. the, the delusion of crowds that you, it, it, you know, it becomes this sort of 
rationalizations and so you know he paid a high price I could pay a high price and he got away with it and I you know he, he made money then I can make money and and pretty soon it's a it's a mania it's kind of a tulip mania so you know don't get don't go into that stampede of irrationality and uh, just keep a cool head and make sure your pricing is is in in line with historical historical metrics for pricing and uh, and uh, you know you should be okay those are good points, David. And, you know, so one, you talked about allocation too, right? So you, know, you want to put all your, your money in, in, in real estate or into one deal uh, for sure. And you talked about checking out the sponsor, right? How are these properties uh, managed? Or if you're buying them privately yourself, how are you handling it, right? And and have a plan. I think one of the things that some people forget about too uh, when they're investing in real estate is you really should have an exit plan uh, when you get into that investment in the beginning, how you're getting out, right? Very good point. I mean, you should have a plan for the property, you know, and you, you know what you'll do, the, the, the capital expenditure uh, that you need to put into it, um, you know, the, the, your horizon, the duration that you'll keep the investment, and uh, and when to get out. So you should be very disciplined about that. And a, and a property plan for each property is a good idea. And uh, but also bear in mind that that investing in property, investing in real estate, is not a short-term proposition. So to harvest real gains. Uh, usually you've got to be in a property or, or in a REIT for many years, and, and that's more like the four to five year period. So it's it's different from stocks, you know, or uh, or some other investments. It's really it should be seen as a long term uh, proposition. And sometimes in the short term, people panic. You know, that's another risk. They they look at the markets, they hear bad news about the economy. Uh, values could be going down, rents could be going down, yeah. vacancies could be going up, and then they panic. And get out and get out much too soon. Well, stay tuned. We're going to have more from David Lynn about real estate investments and the guide to advisors. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Realnex, providing a comprehensive suite of powerful commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low cost. Visit Realnex.com. That's R-E-A-L-N-E-X. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Thanks for being with us. Remember, don't miss a show of special interest to you. Sign up for a once-a-week email announcing the show topic at CREshow.com. Well, today we're talking with Dr. David Lynn about his latest book, The Advisor's Guide to Commercial Real Estate Investment. And David, I think advisors typically think of a couple ways, main ways, right, to invest in real estate. Uh, what is the, the easiest way for investors uh, to invest through their, their wealth advisor? Sure, Michael. The, the easiest way is to just uh, buy REITs, which are publicly traded real estate securities, and they're, they're listed on the exchanges, and you simply go in and, and do your homework and, and buy shares. And, uh, and many of those REITs uh, will uh, deliver a dividend, which is very, very good for portfolios. So the, the dividend tends to be higher than average than, than other investments. Uh, right now, it's about 3.5% on average for REITs, uh, which in this environment is, is pretty respectable. Right. And when you look at the returns that REITs have had overall uh, compared to the stock market, they've done pretty well, haven't they? They've done very well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, they're one of the best performing investments over the last five years. Uh, six years now, and uh, they had a, a huge downturn in the, re- in the Great Recession, uh, but they came back very, very strongly. And uh, so that's a great way. It's a great way, very easy, you can, very tradable, very liquid. Um, 
Then the other way is uh, through private real estate. So these are uh, uh, private equity funds. They're um, they're private REITs. They're public non-traded REITs uh, out there. They're individual investments. So those are um, you know not as liquid. They usually have a lockup. Uh, they're usually investing in a property or a pool of properties. Uh, so you really have to watch the fees and, and pay uh, much greater attention to the operator. Um, and it's a it's a bigger uh, universe, and it's uh, many of the operators are much smaller. So that takes a little bit more careful um, due diligence, more careful underwriting. Um, so uh, you know, our own fund is is uh, is very transparent, low fee, diversified, uh, higher income. Uh, about a seven, seven and a half income, current income, um, and uh, we apply professional practices, institutional practices to what we do. Um, but uh, it's a it's a big wide range out there. Tell our listeners and and advisors the difference, the main differences between a private REIT and um, a, a REIT they can look buy on the stock market. Yeah, the, uh, private or there are kind of two types of REITs, a private non-traded REIT and a public non-traded REIT. Mm-hmm. So private non-traded REITs are, are almost, they're almost like private equity funds, mm-hmm. um, a GPLP format. Um, so not too much different really, uh, except that you trade in shares, not properties. Um, whereas in a, a private uh, L, you know, private equity fund, you're, you're trading in you know, percentages of the fund. Um, but a public non-traded REIT is, uh, is actually a public company. It's just not traded. On an exchange, and uh, you know, those have come under fire recently for high fees, high commissions, and uh, and, and certain management practices. So they're not quite as popular right now. Uh, but but private real estate is actually performing very well, and uh, as benefits of, of lower volatility, uh, lower correlations, it's really an amazing. Uh, yeah, and if you're constructing a portfolio, those are huge benefits to have low correlations and, and even negative correlations in some cases. So. Um, but it tends to be a little bit harder to access. You have to do a bit more homework. And let's talk about that homework for a moment. So if you're an investor or advisor, you know, how much due diligence should uh, you do related to the REIT managers or, or the sponsors that you're investing in in a private investment? Yeah, you know, a lot of it is word of mouth. A lot of it is reputation. Um, but be careful there. I mean, a lot of people, you know, want that route in, in investing with Madoff. So, um, you know, it, it, but you know, if smart people, smart funds have invested uh, in with an, op- an operator or, or fund, you know, that's usually a good sign. But I wouldn't stop there. I'd do your own homework in terms of evaluating the properties, uh, looking at the actual cash flows, the tenant quality, the building quality, the uh, diversification, the, the age of buildings, and make sure that they're not uh, projecting any anything that is real current cash flow. And um, you know, those are some of the things to do. Uh, there's a good checklist in one of the chapters in the book. All right, that's great. And you've run some large funds that have controlled a lot of real estate around the U.S. and some other countries. So what's your outlook on some of the various property types right now and, and some of the sectors that, that folks can invest in? You know, at the risk of sounding too positive, uh, you know, a lot of it is really good right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, so I'm not going to sound very negative at all. Uh, multifamily, which is apartments, are doing very well. Great demand, great demographics there. Um, retail, doing much better. Recovering, probably the weakest sector, but recovering. Um, you know, faces uh, competitive threats from the internet. You know, more people are buying online, and there are a lot of older centers out there which uh, don't have uh, a lot of tenant appeal. 
And so uh, it's kind of winners or losers when it comes to real estate, uh, retail real estate. Um, office is recovering nicely. Just very little has been built over the years. And, um, you know, despite what people have said, not everybody wants to work at home or in a cafe. And, and so uh, particularly in the global gateway markets, we, we, we see much uh, stronger office demand. Um, industrial, uh, the economy has been chugging along, so the industrial demand, particularly in, in gateway and, and port cities where there, there are major distribution hubs. So industrial has done very well. Um, and hotels, hospitality, uh, people are traveling more, they're, they're traveling more for business and leisure. Uh, so, so great uh, fundamentals there, uh, and in every asset class, uh, really there isn't enough product. So, multifamily might be an issue where there there is a lot of product in, in, in a few markets, but for the most part nationwide, there there's an insufficient supply of multifamily as well. Um, so, you know, we face a combination of very positive uh, events, and so I, I, I like to be negative, but I really can't be. <laughs> The most negative is that it's it's becoming very popular. Yeah, you know, prices, yeah. prices and, are going very high. Yeah, and property is getting scarce. Well, stay with us. We'll have more from Dr. David Lynn. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today, we're interviewing Dr. David Lynn about his book, The Advisor's Guide to Commercial Real Estate Investment. And, and David, if we have advisors and we have investors out there, they're interested in commercial real estate now. They understand where we are in the cycle. They understand the, the lack of new supply. And I think a lot of people really understand and feel really good about commercial real estate. But, you know, the confused mind says no. You know, if you want more information and you don't have it, you're, you're little afraid to jump in the water, right? Where can advisors get more information about commercial real estate? And before you answer that, I would say they should read this book, uh, The Advisor's Guide to Commercial Real Estate Investment. In fact, we've put a link uh, on the homepage of our website. You can click right there and buy the book in about 10 seconds. So go to com. Where else, David, some advisors and investors get information? Well, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> it's a very comprehensive book. It's, it's written I think in very uh, plain language, very clear, lots of information, lots of data, um, and, and from uh, a variety of experts, leading experts in commercial real estate. Um, there's also your show, which is a, a fountain of good information, uh, you know, a lot of wisdom from uh, people you interview on your show. Uh, so it's a, it's a great resource. Um, I'd say um, you know there are uh, industry groups uh, like. Uh, uh, Nay, Nacreef, uh, Nayreet, uh, ICSC, uh, the ULI, the Counselors of Real Estate. So there are many that, uh, if you go to those websites, maybe we can provide those links afterwards. Um, y- there's a lot of information on those websites, and you can learn from. And then there are you know traditional textbooks about uh, investing in real estate. Um, you know, kind of the fundamentals of it um, from a more uh, basic academic point of view, and those are really useful too. Um, but but try to shy away from people who are like talking about deals and bragging and uh, won't mention any names. But you know you know them. They're colorful TV personalities. Can't really learn too much about that. Um, it's a it's a very serious business. 
there are very a lot of technical uh, details and components to it that you should learn. And uh, it really it's about doing careful analysis, care, careful research, and uh, having having the right information, being armed with the right information. And I, and I think the book does a good job with that. Yeah, it certainly does. And uh, you know, it's interesting that it is. Uh, kind of considered a niche market, but commercial real estate's a huge part of the GDP here, and it's a, a great investment vehicle. And uh, yeah, so do 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 reach out, and get more information uh, if you're if you're clients or if you're as a you're the client and you're not investing in real estate, uh, look at it. What about some closing tips, David, for uh, advisors, if you will, first uh, that are interested in, in getting their investors more involved in real estate? You know, I, I think you have to educate yourself as an advisor and then educate your client. So again, the book is, is a great resource for that. Um, I'd say, uh, you know, if it's private uh, investments, individual properties or portfolios, you know, take your time, leg into it, um, you know, and don't invest everything in one property, you know, diversify. And uh, diversify by, by location, by region, by economy, by property type. And uh, be very careful about how what you pay for the property. So that that's the initial cap rate, which is don't pay, uh, don't buy a cap rate that's too low. That initial rate of return that's too low. Um, and there are metrics around this, and some of those are in the book. And and be careful about the uh, the actual price itself. Is it a peak price? Is it below peak pricing? Where is it? Where does it fall in the in the whole range of data over the years? Is how much uh, above or below is it? with respect to replacement costs, the actual cost to replace that building, you know, you should be trying to buy uh, at or below replacement costs, but in many markets you can't do that. But the point is just try not to overpay yeah. and try not to be wrapped up in, in exuberance in the crowd. Yeah, that's great. Well, David, thanks for joining us today. We sure appreciate Bye. you being on the show. Thank you, Michael. Well, stay tuned. Uh, join us next week. We're going to have a great show on the multifamily market. As David mentioned, it's been a great market. Is it still time to buy? Is it still time to get in? We'll find out next week. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty Commercial Advisors, a great place to do business. Visit bullrealty.com. Realnex, a comprehensive and powerful suite of commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low price. Visit realnex.com. That's R-E-A-L-N-E-X. FIU, Florida International University. Earn your master's in real estate in as little as 10 months without interrupting your career. Visit FIUonline.com. Excelligent, the resource professionals use for commercial real estate information. Visit Excelligent.com. That's X-C-E-L-I-G-E-N-T. Commercial Search, the source to market and source available properties for sale or lease. Visit CommercialSearch.com. For more information on these great companies or for additional videos, podcasts, or articles, visit CREshow.com.